You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. In the name of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You can have a seat. Well, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Happy Lent. This is the first Sunday in this long stretch of Lent. Um, that we get to experience together this this moment of feast of fasting before the great feast that is coming in Holy Week and Easter. And you probably noticed some changes in the room. We have all this new music um, that is reflecting like, more appropriately reflecting what we're studying and looking at in Lent. You notice that the colors are different. The the purple color. What's the other season of the year where you see this color? Advent. Why is that? What's the feast that we're preparing for in Advent? Christmas. Yeah. So these are these moments where we get to prepare ourselves for this wonderful cosmic party, this rejoicing that all the church does. So purple is that moment where we get to set a tone, a different kind of tone in our worship life as we prepare and fast, seek repentance that we would make space for our lives, in our lives, for the coming King. So that's what that's what's happening in this season. It's also a season for us in Lent specifically to really take away all of the cheap thrills and kind of the, way, the ways that we medicate ourselves and deal with the pain in our lives and try and hide sin and, and move on and pretend like things are okay. This is a moment and a time in our lives where we get to actually pause and take inventory of the ways that we um, entertain and hide that brokenness in our lives. To get to shed a light on, oh yeah, we really are broken. We have serious problems and we need to come to the Lord and be healed in this season. Um, this this season is also for us, if you'll notice in your prayer books, um, a, a season uh, where we're going to be going through the book of Psalms and praying. So uh, with the book of Psalms, you'll, you'll notice this is in your prayer book. There's, this is called Restore. This is the, the series that we're going to be going through. And we're going to, as we approach Lent and go walk through it, we're going to join our prayer with the psalmist's prayer. And we're going to look, I'm going to be preaching every week from the book of Psalms and trying to understand, God, what is the, what is the prayer language? What is the expression from our hearts? That we can learn from the psalmist and join in on it to call for him to restore us. So that's what we're going to be doing. And what we're going to find is this. We're going to find that when we call out for a God, our God, to restore us, he is listening, he is present, and he is ready to forgive and ready to heal and ready to bring that restoration. So with all that in mind, this next six weeks, this is what we're going to look at. Restore this theme. The most high God is the one that we call on this life. The one who, like the psalm said to, this, to us this morning, is our refuge, our refuge and our fortress. Our God in whom we put our trust. We want to be able to pray that with all honesty this Lent. To help, to help us get there, we're going to spend some time learning from the psalmist this language of repentance that we find in the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms isn't just like another kind of strange book in the Bible that we don't really understand. No, we understand what the book of Psalms was intended to do. It is actually intended for us to be a sort of prayer book. And check this out. This is what's interesting about it. These are the prayers that Jesus himself, think about this, that Jesus himself memorized and prayed. So when we take on the prayer language of the book of Psalms, we're not just reading words off of a page, but we're actually entering into the same prayer life. Of our Lord. We get to pray the book of Psalms with him. But also, in him, we realize everything that the, the, prayer book of the, uh, the prayer book of the Bible was calling for. In him, we can pray the Psalms in light of Jesus as the fulfillment 
of all of those prayers. So at once we get to pray the Psalms with Christ and we get to pray it in light of him and his fulfillment. So we're going to do that. And to this morning, um, we're going to look at Psalm 91. That's the one we're going to camp out and just kind of inspect. And we're going to see that God invites us to call on him for restoration. And Ash Wednesday, if you were here for our Wednesday service, uh, our prayer was that God would restore us to the joy of our salvation. That was our prayer. This week, we are going to ask God to restore us to safety. A safety, a refuge that we only find in Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to look at. So if you have your prayer book or your Bible with me, you can flip over to Psalm 91 if that's helpful. And we're just going to, we're going to walk through and work through the text together this morning. One of the first questions I think we should ask of ourselves as we approach this Psalm 91 is to ask, this is really, really critical. Who is the Psalm talking to? You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Who's that? Who is that person who abides in the shadow of the Almighty? Hmm. This is the psalmist's way, I think, of describing those, the people, who choose to put their trust, to make their shelter under God himself. To bring themselves under his care. This is a choice, to come under the care of God. You people. These are those who, as a result, will say to the Lord... Under his refuge, they will say, my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I put my trust. And he continues to describe what this life, that person that that brings themselves into that refuge, what that looks like. Those who hide themselves under the God who protects from harm, from evil, who commands angel armies by his word to guard you, to hold you up, in other words. The God who delivers and protects. Sounds really good, doesn't it? I mean, we want to take that psalm and go, let's, let's like put that in a frame, put it up in the kitchen somewhere and be like, yes, that's the God who takes care of me. Because I put my trust in him and there's, it's that simple. Sounds great, doesn't it? Is that us? Can we really say that this is us? If we're honest with ourselves, and this is what Lent's all about, like let's just not read through the words. Can we really say this truthfully? Are we those, for instance, who really put their trust in God? Do we? Man, I was uh, drilling a molly into a wall this uh, the other day. I'm good with power tools typically. But today, I don't know, it just got me. And I was drilling this molly. The drill slipped and drilled my, I drilled a hole in my finger. And um, immediately, I started behaving like I did not put my trust in God. Like it caught me in my worst, most weakest moment. And I, you know how it is, right? Are we those people who always put their trust in God no matter what? Even in their weakest momentary painful moment with a drill are we those people that can say wholeheartedly we put our trust in god are we those who demonstrate our love to him by really abiding in him by calling to him for help when we need it or only when when we've tried everything else do we really need god's rescue us americans our economy and our man we got it made do we really need his rescue do we really need his help I mean, it's easy to say for us, yes, of course, of course we need all these things. Of course we are these people. But what about when times get really tough or you drill a hole in your finger? From that to death in the family and unimaginable pain or doubt. What about those times when we don't understand 
And we doubt the existence of God. And we don't understand how God is actually near us and doing things in the world when we see what's happening in the news. Listen to this. This is the good news. That even though we struggle, even though we have those moments where we actually do not demonstrate our putting our trust in God, when we don't demonstrate that we abide in his refuge, the good news is this. There is one who has and still does demonstrate trust. Demonstrate what it looks like to put their trust and abide in the, under the refuge of God. There is one. His name is Jesus. See how we're praying the Psalms in light of him? We're praying with him, but also in light of him. Even in Jesus, through temptation, like we read in the gospel reading today, he endured unimaginable, I mean, like 40 days of just temptation and weakness. And he endured that not just to check some box, but he actually endured that for us. We often think of the cross. That's what Jesus endured for us. Yes, he did. The entirety of his life, he came to fulfill all righteousness. He endured even something like temptation in the, de- in the desert for us. Because even in those situations, he knew we could not uphold the way that he did. When our hope, when our trust in God is tested, when it's pressed in from every side, when we feel the squeeze, we feel that crunch, that pressure in our lives, the faithfulness of Jesus Christ is unchanging. It doesn't buckle. It is sure. It is our refuge. It is our shelter. It is our sure, our sure defense. In Jesus, you guys, and this is what I want to talk about this morning. In Jesus, we are restored to that safety. Even despite us. Even when you drill a hole in your finger. Or you have crazy moments of pain in your life. In Jesus, we actually find the fulfillment of this prayer, Psalm 91. In him, we find a refuge. In him, we find that shelter. And that never, ever changes. Not because we're all that in a bag of chips, but because he is. We make mistakes, but he never changes. His faithfulness always endures. And because of that, in him, we find that refuge. Now, let's be honest. Um, many of us can't even really fast. If some of us have started those Lenten disciplines. Maybe you're giving something up so that you can direct your prayer life and your attention to God in new ways. Bravo, way to go. But some of us, if you're anything like me, I can't fast for a day without complaining about it. You like that? I'm weak, man. It's such a challenge to allow those inner uh, desires, those hungers to just be unmet, even for a day with certain things. We live in a culture that is absolutely terrified of going without and suffering. I don't think they have a word for suffering in our culture. That just doesn't, you just, you want to avoid that at all costs, right? But when we pray the Psalms with Christ, with Jesus, and in light of him, We find something really peculiar and interesting, something different. We find that we do not suffer in vain. We find that when we let those desires go unmet, this isn't just to inflict pain on ourselves or to prove something to ourselves. We find actually a refuge in Jesus. When we pray in light of him and with him, we find that refuge that the psalmist is talking about when we fast. When we're tempted by all of the bodily pleasures... Those temptations of the world, when we're tempted by power and wealth and status, in our weakest moment, we find that refuge in Jesus. Because, why? Because he did what we could never do. We're tempted for a day. It's like, oh man, he didn't even, he didn't even do that. He was faithful. He did in the desert what we could never do. He did at the cross what we could never do. Even facing death itself, Jesus did in the grave what we could never do. He was raised to new life. 
And because of that, we can join in it. He's invited us into it. In him, in other words, for this Lent, folks, at this Lent, in him, we are then freed up and invited to put our trust in him, in his faithfulness. In the most high God, who is Jesus Christ, our shelter, our refuge, our sure defense. This is something he promises, and no matter what, he always provides, he always delivers us for us. Friends, there is, um, I, I hate to break it to you, but I gotta tell you, there is no shortcut to the goodness of God. There's no other, like, you know, alternate route or detour to the goodness of God. It actually only comes through putting your trust in this Jesus, who is our sure defense, who even in temptation and suffering was faithful. And in him, when we put our trust in that person and that, that son of God who's come to us, come near to us, when we put our trust in him, this is what we find. We find the most satisfying, never changing, always sheltering name of God at work in our lives. That's what we find in reality. He is the one that our prayers say, come quickly to help us. We're assaulted by many temptations, we, pray, we prayed in the call this morning. And know the weakness of each one of us. He's the one that we're speaking to. Lord, come help us. We need you. He's the one who's not far off, busy with like way more important things as some of us like to think, I often think and wonder about. No, he's not too busy. He's actually not far off. He's actually near. He's drawn near to us. And even, and this is where it gets creepy, this morning, Jesus himself has promised to be really present among us. Of all the things going on in the world, Jesus has made himself present among us this morning. His promise never fails. His shelter is not for some other time or for some other people. His shelter is for us here and now this morning, for people who truly need him. This morning, I want to invite you to put your trust in his name. To put your trust, hide yourself under the shadow of his refuge, his wing. Jesus Christ, the one who is above all names, the only shelter that can actually shelter us the way that we need, and the God who actually promises a shelter and then delivers a shelter. There's lots of people running their mouth about promises, about I can make your life better and things will be just, just a smidgen better if you just do this, but Jesus is the only one in whose name there is a promise for shelter and deliverance and the actual reality of the deliverance itself that has come to us. He's the only one that delivers that way. Especially in a world of, of noise, of false talkers with like all the campaign stuff going on. You got all these promises. Man, it's so refreshing to come back to the words and promises of Jesus and say he's true. That, that just never changes. He's faithful. And he says, and this is the kicker. Everyone, absolutely everyone who calls on my name will be saved. Take that to the bank. Put your trust in that. Jesus says you can trust in this. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. This Lent, we get to fast, not uh, to like suffer for the sake of suffering, but we actually get to fast with anticipation, with joy. We get to endure discomfort. This is like bizarre. I know you're like, really? This is, is he really saying this? Yes. Even we get to endure discomfort, hunger pangs. We get to pick a fight with that hidden sin that's been dormant, that has had its way way too long and we've become accustomed to it. We get to pick a fight and let our most holy God, who is our shelter and our refuge, fight for us. Be faithful even when we're not. That's the invitation this Lent. Because, and we can do all of this, because we know that he is our sure defense. 
He is our shelter. In him, we are restored to true safety. It's been settled. You're safe. It's way different to fast and to endure temptation and to, and to wrestle with your sin when you are not safe versus when it has been settled and you are safe as a child in the kingdom of God because of the faithfulness of Christ. You don't exist in this world, folks. You exist in this world. It's been settled. You are absolutely safe in the kingdom of God. He has restored us to safety through Jesus. And so we get to actually approach our sin and evict it in his name. Let's take on a Lenten discipline that points us to the sheltering God. Whatever it is that you've chosen to do, may it be one of those things that points us to this sheltering God that we find in Jesus. This Lent, let's condition ourselves like athletes to face suffering and dissatisfaction by leaning into the one who really and truly satisfies our souls, who brings us that safety and that shelter. Our, our, our disciplines, and you should know this, are meant to open us up to a prayer life with God. When you're hungry, Lord, you know I'm hungry. You know I want that cheeseburger right now, Jesus. And I'm hungry for it. But I remember that the reason I'm doing this is that I would talk to you like this right now. That I would remember that my soul actually hungers for you. Not for these things. But my soul desperately hungers for you. Our wimpy bodies, our urges, those temptations, those cravings. It's, this is a season where we actually get to show them who's boss. We get to put them in their place under the king who satisfies us. Those things don't shelter us. We think they do. We entertain the thought that maybe they do all the time. Oh, this will fix it. This will make me feel better. But they never actually provide that long-lasting, never-changing, always-faithful sheltering. That's only something we find in Jesus. They aren't God, even though we turn to them for deliverance all the time. Even though we, they, they manage the way that we behave sometimes, those temptations and those hungers that we have. But they are not God. We actually get to put them... Um, off of the throne in our lives and embrace the gospel that Jesus Christ is the one who has suffered on the cross, defeated sin, and has been resurrected for us, that we might be set free into the newness of life. That's the only way into the goodness of God. May you be reminded this land. May you be reminded of what a wonderful God we have who promises a shelter, who promises safety, who promises satisfaction in the deepest parts of our souls and actually delivers it through Jesus. Really and true. Who defeated temptation. Who takes our suffering into his own. Who conquered death. Who brings hope. Who casts out all fear. Who renews the fullness of life to you. And restores us to safety. That's the God we serve this morning. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Who with the Holy Spirit and the Father live and reign forever and ever. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.